Voices of Town Square Media. It's time for Americans to grow up and become financially responsible. Let's talk about something important. If you're in it for the money, that's not a bad thing. Do you realize how much money he just saved us? This is The Financial Physician with Lou Scatigna. The Financial Physician. It's the fastest hour in Money Talk Radio. It's also my pleasure to see to it that decent, hardworking people in this community aren't robbed blind by a pack of money-mad pirates. This is financial advice you can take to the bank. He's your money man. Show me the money. Your source for straightforward, no-nonsense financial advice. Bring me your money questions, because I'm here to help. And now, here he is, the financial physician, America's money doctor, Lou Scatigna. Greetings, my friends. How are you today on this Labor Day Sunday? Well, Labor Day weekend Sunday. Hopefully you're enjoying your three-day weekend. Uh, Weather here on the Jersey Shore is not the greatest, I think, the next couple of days, but... It is the end of the summer, and it, boy, did it go quick. Right, Paul? I mean, it just seems like it was Memorial Day, right? Oh, yeah. That's so well, the, the whole year's gone quick. I mean, it's just, I've said this on the show many times, time is speeding up. And it's not because we're getting older. A lot of people say as you get older, it seems like the weeks go by quicker. A day goes by quicker. And uh, I've done some research on this, and some scientists are saying that the Earth's frequency, there's like a megahertz beat in the, the core of the Earth, used to be like 5 megahertz. Now it's like 9 megahertz or 10 megahertz or something crazy like that. So like the pulse and the frequency of the planet itself has gone up, which makes a 24-hour day seem like it's 16 hours. <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not, but I tell you, I wake up in the morning early, so I'm up at 5 o'clock before I know it, it's lunchtime and I'm home. And I'm going to bed. Like, wh- where did the day go? Uh, but, yeah, certainly uh, time is speeding up. Uh, the the year is flying by. And uh, we hit Labor Day, uh, the end of the summer. It, it, and it's amazing how quickly the weather changes. You know, it's like Tuesday. It'll be 70 degrees. It, it'll just, like, change the week after Labor Day. It, that always amazed me how that works. But, uh but anyway, I, I, I kind of like September and October. It's nice, nice months, kind of like April and May. You know, it's not too hot. It's nice. But, you know, it gets dark earlier and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, this is the last time we're going to turn the clocks back. Is I think this October, November, yeah, October sometime or November, whatever. Uh, next, next spring, when we bring them ahead, it'll stay there forever now. So they're doing away with standard time, and they're making um, – Daylight savings time, the regular thing. Is that good? I don't know. It's good, I guess, in the afternoon because you have an extra hour of sun, but it's bad in the morning because you have an extra hour of darkness. <laughs> so it's not going to it's not going to get light till eight o'clock. Anyway, I get off the subject here. Um, on this program, we talk money, markets, politics, and anything that affects your life. Uh, we love your participation in the program. You got a financial question or a comment on anything we talk about. The phone number here is 732-237-9626. Now, last week, Paul, you told me after the show that somebody called in complaining that I talk politics and it's supposed to be a financial show. Yes. Let me clear that up. First of all, this is not a financial show. That's part of it. I'm not talking finances for two hours. 
I mean, who would listen to that for two hours? And besides that, there's not enough to talk about. There's not enough topics that I'd be recycling them every four weeks. Uh, and secondarily, and more importantly, what affects your finances more than politics? What affects your finances more than what happens in Washington? Uh, from inflation, from taxes, health care. And I can go on and on and on. So don't tell me that politics and finance don't go together. They go together like salt and pepper. I mean, one affects the other. It's that simple. And obviously that person who called in had no problem that I'm talking politics. It's they didn't like the politics that I was talking about. <laughs> so that's the way it is. I have a lot of listeners who email me and tell me they love the politic part of the show. Uh, so, uh, obvious. And, and look, I welcome all people on this program. You know, you, you think I saying something and you disagree with me, then call in and, and, and call me out on it and let's have a debate about it. But you know what? None of these people ever want to come on the air. They just want to call and complain. Uh, and it's always that way, you know, whenever anybody, and, and I got to tell you, next week is going to be 21 years I've been on WOBM. Uh, up until six months ago, it was on the AM side. Uh, so I've, I've been doing this program for a really, really long time. And I must say, on the AM side, I rarely got negative phone calls or negative emails or whatever. Uh, and I knew when the station wanted me to, 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 to migrate over to 92.7, I knew it was going to be more of a younger listening audience, more diverse audience, uh, people from North Jersey coming down for the summer. And I knew I was going to ruffle some feathers with, with my political views. And, you know, you don't like my political views, you don't have to listen to them. Change the channel. Nobody's making you listen. But maybe you'll learn something, because everything I talk about on this show is factual. I have the facts right in front of me, and I think that's why people don't call in to, to, to take me on, because, you know, I have something that's a little inconvenient for them. That's called the facts, and I know the facts, uh, and uh, as this show progresses, we got a lot to talk about today. We got a lot to talk about today. Uh, Biden's speeches, he did two speeches last week, and I got to tell you, uh, you want to talk about crossing the Rubicon? I said we crossed the Rubicon when Trump was um, raided, and we did at that point, and that's backfired badly. But but the speeches that, 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 that Biden gave this week are, I thought I was listening to Adolf Hitler. And uh, I don't want to spend a lot of time on it now. That's the second hour. Uh, we talk more economics and finance in the first hour, but I got to tell you, man, we, we've reached a place in this country that I never thought we would be. Um, Trump had a rally in Pennsylvania last night. I don't know if anybody saw it, but uh, tens of thousands of people there. He was on fire. If you haven't listened to it, go online and listen to this speech. It was It was pretty amazing. Uh, and it was the, f the first rally since he was raided. And he had a lot to say about that. Um, and he had a lot to say about Biden's speech and, and all that. But but I don't know what they're thinking in the White House right now. I mean, it, it is so desperate there. 
they know that they are an extreme minority, uh, that the American people are prepared to come out and vote in November, and it's going to be a red tsunami. They're going to do everything they can to cheat. And look, if they win, and they don't lose, they, if they don't lose the House, we know that we have now institutional voter fraud set up forever. Uh, there's no way a party that's only has seven seat advantage could ever sat, uh, survive a midterm election like this, given the inflation and all the things that are going on. But again, we'll talk about that in the second hour. Lots to talk about. I mean, I, I was actually, I was actually infuriated. I was insulted. Uh, and I was scared watching this speech by, by, by Biden where he did all the things, the fists and the, everything that Hitler did in his speeches. And if you look online, there's a lot of memes out there right now. And you could see they show the pictures of Hitler with his arm up with a fist, two fists up. It's the exact same thing. Um, again. I'm getting riled up already on that, and that's the second hour. We tend to do politics in the second hour. Uh, But uh, this is no small thing that's going on right now in our country. And we're two months away from a midterm election. Uh, The left is desperate right now, and they're going to do everything they can to disrupt the situation and be prepared for it. And again, we're going to get Deeper and deeper into that in the second hour. All right, this week, uh, let's go economics. Uh, The first Friday of every month, the Labor Department announces um, the payroll numbers uh, and how many jobs were created or lost, uh, the unemployment rate, and all that kind of stuff. So it was announced on Friday that August payrolls... um, they created 315,000 jobs for the month. Now, if you remember in July, it was something like 568,000 jobs. Meanwhile, we're in a recession. Uh, and they come out and say these hundreds of thousands of jobs are being created. And as I told you last month, I don't trust any economic number that comes out between now and the election. Everything is BS. In this case, BLS, Bureau of Labor Statistics. Uh, But uh, it's BS. They're going to come out. Every number is going to be better than expected. And then you're going to hear all kinds of things. We're starting to hear it now. This is all a psychop, a psychological operation to get people to think differently. So they're going to tell you that everything's great. Gas prices are coming down. Uh, The market's creating all these jobs for people. Uh, The GDP is doing great. You know, we're going to have the first up quarter because they're going to manufacture a number that says we're up two-tenths of one percent. The recession is over. And vote Democrat. Um, You could see it. Uh, You could see the whole media operation starting. Now you're hearing that Biden's poll numbers are going up that the Democrats' poll numbers are going up just before the election. How convenient. Don't believe any of it. It's not true. 
So I don't believe this 315,000 number at all because they always adjust it. As a matter of fact, uh, they adjusted the previous uh, 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 June was revised sharply lower by 105,000 jobs from 398,000 to 293. So so how, how did they do that two, three months later? They revised them down. Meanwhile, the markets rallied. Everything was great based on that number. It was all BS. BLS, Bureau of Labor Statistics. And I've been saying this for years. And you know what? This happens in both Democratic and Republican administrations. This is not a partisan thing. The government always fudges the numbers economically to make the current administration look better. And I get it. But, uh, you know, markets react to it and everything else. And it's not real. It's not real. So... um, the market, you know, according to uh, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, uh, the the economy created 315,000 jobs after 568,000 jobs were created in July in the midst of a recession where we've had two negative GDPs. Uh, that doesn't happen very often, so it's kind of, tell me how that works. Well, according to the presidential press secretary, Corrine, Pierre, whatever. I can never remember her name right. God, I miss Peppermint Patty. I, I love Peppermint Patty. Now, <laughs> This one here is so bad. She can't even answer a question. You ask her a question, she goes right to the binder and goes through pages and pages, furiously looking for something to say. And it's all BS anyway. Never answers the question. But she said that this week, that since the Biden became president, they created a billion jobs. Did you know that? <laughs> America? There's 330,000 people, uh, 30, 330 million people in the country, and they created 10,000 million jobs. Listen. As you know, the good news is in August, the economy created 315,000 jobs, which is important. We have created nearly 10,000 million jobs since President Biden took office, uh, which is the fastest job growth in history. So you're asking me, where is the success? Here it is. Wait, let me finish. Wait, wait. Hold on. Yeah, so uh, that would be truly amazing if this administration actually created 10,000 million jobs. (laughs) 10,000 million jobs. Are you out of work and you can't find a job? Well, it's 10,000 million were created, you know, since Biden became president. So uh, after a, a very good August for the stock market, I mean, the first half of the year was horrible. The worst in 50 years for stocks and bonds. I mean, it has really been a difficult year for investors. And uh, like I said, after this, the, the worst six months in 50 years. In stocks and bonds, we had a pretty good July. We had a nice bounce in the markets uh, and into August as well. But the second half of August and now the last couple of weeks into September, the market has resumed its downslide. And hopefully people who listen to this program, who have 401ks, made the proper adjustments as I've been warning you about and been recommending here on the program. And we have in my own firm, we have taken very conservative moves to protect our clients. Um, uh, the market now is back into its bear market mode. This past week was awful. 
I did not like the way the markets traded this week at all. The Dow Jones Industrial Average down almost 5% for the week. And that's the best average. I mean, you know what a 5% downturn in the stock market is in a week? I mean, that's a mini crash. It really is. For the year, the Dow is down 12.88%. And again, that's the good index. And for those of you who don't understand these indexes, the Dow Jones Industrial Average, which is really quoted more than anything, really, is only 30 stocks. Only 30 industrial stocks go into the Dow Jones Industrial Index. And it's kind of misleading because the word industrial, I mean, includes banks and this and that and tech companies, and it's not necessarily industrial anymore. But usually the 30 biggest companies in every different industry makes their way eventually into the Dow Jones Industrial Average. But it's really misleading because it's only 30 stocks. Then you go to the S&P 500. Well, these are the 500 biggest companies in the United States. That's a more broader index. I mean, 500 companies is a lot different than 30 companies. What was the S&P 500 doing? Well, it was down 5.53% for the week. Down 16.77, almost 17% year to date. So that gives you, I, I think, the best picture of what's going on in the stock market. The NASDAQ is smaller companies. The NASDAQ is a lot of technology companies, the Apples of the world and the Facebooks and, and and those kind of companies. And it's done very, very well in the last few years. I mean, out of all the indexes, the NASDAQ has done the best with the Facebooks and the Apples and the Microsofts and you know all those companies going up in value. Tesla. But now it's doing the worst, and that's the way indexes are. You know, when the market turns into a bear market, the leading indexes become the worst. As people take profits that they earned in the past, and they don't want to give them back. And a lot of these stocks were overvalued. That's why the index went so high. I mean, it was stupid to have some of these valuations of a company like Facebook. And now the market's getting reality. So this week, this past week, the NASDAQ was down almost 7%. 6.76. It's huge. You know how much money that lost in, in, in that index? For those of you who follow your 401ks online, I don't recommend you ruin your Labor Day weekend by going online and seeing the value of it. Because if you have a lot of NASDAQ stocks, you're down 7%, but you're down at least 5 with everything else. Year-to-date, the NASDAQ is down almost 25%, 24.67. Wow. What a nasty year. And you know what? We're entering the worst month. September is the worst, worst month of the year for stocks. In October, the biggest crashes in history have happened. And we're looking at a disaster year today, as we are today, with the Dow down 13, the S&P down 17, and the NASDAQ down 25. 
And I think the worst is yet ahead. I think the next couple of months are going to be dreadful for the stock market. You have a Federal Reserve who's hell-bent on raising interest rates into a recession. They reiterated that uh, a couple of weeks ago when um, Powell at Jackson Hole, Wyoming, at the the, the big uh, central bank meeting there, came out and surprised markets by saying, hey, we're going to do everything we can to kill this inflation. And the only way if a central bank can kill inflation is by raising interest rates. And we're seeing that destroy the housing market. It's destroying everything. I mean, interest rates drive everything in the economy. And the Fed caused this inflation, while the Fed and Washington together, between the Fed printing money to finance the deficits of Washington uh, and the stimulus packages and the Make America Recovery and all this other stuff. Uh, trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars have been created in just a couple of years. And that has created this inflation. So the, the Federal Reserve creates this monster and now has to kill it. And that means you may lose your job, you may lose your house, you may have your car repossessed, but at least we'll deal with inflation. And they don't seem to be budging on that. So if the Fed continues, they're going to meet in a couple of weeks. There's no doubt they're going to raise interest rates again. Unless we have a stock market crash between now and then and they say, wait, you know, we got to provide liquidity to the market, you know, whatever. Which they always do. Whenever you have a stock market crash or uh, big dislocations in the market, the Fed pivots like that. Because they can't have that happening. Or can they? I don't know. But it's going to be interesting to see because a lot of significant technical levels are breaking down in the markets. What does that mean? Well, there's something called fundamental analysis and something called technical analysis. What's the difference, you ask? Well, fundamental analysis is if I'm thinking about buying, let's say, IBM stock. I want to know what the earnings per share is. I want to know what the revenue of the company is. I want to know, did they pay a dividend? How's management? What's the economy doing? What's the stock market doing? And then I can make a fundamental decision on whether or not it's a good idea to invest in IBM. And you could say this about every market. It doesn't matter if it's gold, oil, individual stock, a bond, whatever. It, that, that, that's what you do. You look at the fundamentals of that market and you decide whether or not it's a good idea to invest in it or not. Technical analysis, on the other hand, has doesn't care about any of that. Technicals are based on what is the price doing of that market. Again, whether it's a stock, whether it's a, a commodity, or the stock market in general, it doesn't really matter. You look at a chart of the price, and that tells you everything. <clears throat> it's not what you think it should be doing or what you think it may do. It's what is it really doing? What are people doing with their money? And when certain levels are hit and it goes through those levels, that's really bad. And I, I'm a big believer in technical analysis. 
I'm an active trader. I buy and sell all the time in my account. I don't do anything without looking at the charts. What are the charts telling me? And the good thing about technical analysis is there's no emotion involved and there's no prediction involved. When you're doing fundamental analysis, you're doing some kind of prediction. But in technical analysis, you're reacting to what the markets are doing. And technical analysis is very powerful. And I know sometimes I think I'm smarter than my technicals. I look at the technicals and it tells me I should be selling and I say, you know what? I disagree with the technicals. I think they're wrong. Well, every time I think the technicals are wrong, I'm wrong. And every New Year's, my resolution is, Lou, look at your effing chart and don't disagree with them because they're usually right. And that's because there's no prediction involved. What are people actually doing with their money? They're selling. And there's moving averages, there's trend lines, there's so many different technical indicators that tell you a lot. Well, right now, the stock market is breaking very important technical areas, uptrend lines and moving averages and all this other stuff, which historically means you have big downside ahead. And the technical indicators right now are screaming sell. And uh, I think, uh, and people see this. I mean, you know, market participants, I mean, hedge funds and big investment banks, they have computer programs that look at all these technical indicators and they automatically sell when they see certain things broken. That's why when you see an uptrend line broken, you'll see follow through because computers are kicking in all over the world saying, "Uh uh-oh, we got a bear market sell signal here. Let's automatically sell millions and millions of dollars worth of that security or that market, which exacerbates the decline, right? So the stock market now is breaking very significant technical areas, uh, which indicates we have much further decline ahead. So is it too late to uh, adjust your 401k or your portfolio? No, it's not. Because we could have multiples of the decline we have now in the months ahead. And just keep in mind, September is the worst year for the market. Historically, it's the worst worst month of the year for the market. And big crashes almost always happen in October. Why is that? I don't know. I don't know if anybody's ever, ever explained why. But if you think about it, the 1929 crash, 1987 crash... And there's other crashes, too, that I don't even recall. But they happen in October for some reason. Maybe the market gets spooked because of Halloween. I don't know. And November, December tend to be good months as the market rebounds from the crash that happened in September and October. So the stock market right now is very vulnerable. And think, you know, keep in mind, what is, what is going against the stock market now? Rising interest rates. The markets hate rising interest rates. The reason why the market went up so much over the last four or five years was because of zero interest rates. Quantitative easing. The Federal Reserve is printing $120 billion a month to buy bonds, treasury bonds and mortgage bonds, to keep interest rates low. 
Interest rates low fueled the housing market, fueled the stock market, fueled the bond market. Money's got to go somewhere. Well, you're printing $120 billion a month. Some of that money found its way into the stock market. And just remember, a billion is a thousand million. So they were printing for years $120,000 million a month. Most of us would just like to have one million. About one hundred twenty thousand a month. Look at that! Mo- That's a lot of money. And it was financing the U.S. budget deficit. And now we have inflation. Well, of course we do. That's the way it works. And you would think the Federal Reserve would know better, being the premier central bank of the world. You'd think they would know financial history. In economic history. You can't create all this money without some kind of consequence to it. And we're all living through it now. Through uh, rising energy prices, rising grocery prices, rising prices for everything. I was in ShopRite yesterday. And I get a kick of listening to people. I, I just like to listen to people, watch people. And I'm at the deli and I'm sitting there waiting for my number to be called. And I'm listening to people talking about the price of everything. It's on everybody's lips right now. Everybody's talking about inflation. And I, I, I get almost emotional when I see older people asking the deli counter, how much is it a pound? You know, uh, they, they ordered a half a pound of bologna or whatever it was. How much is it a pound? And once they're told that, they say, well, give me a quarter pound. It's so hard for a lot of these older people now on fixed incomes trying to get by. Breaks my heart. It really does. It breaks my heart to see that. And then I go to check out. Almost every checkout person was over 60, many over 70, and some 80. That these poor people have to go to work and do the job that nobody else wants to do because no young people wants to work anymore. Um, uh, To see these people at this stage of their life having to work to pay their bills and to, to feed themselves. Sad. And it's not going to end anytime soon, my friends. Uh, this inflation that we're dealing with now, the only way it ends is if we have a depression. We have a major crash in securities. We have a crash in real estate. We have unemployment spiking, and nobody has any money. Well, you're not going to have inflation if nobody has any money. You're going to have deflation in housing and stocks and everything. And we don't want that. A lot of people ask, well, what's better, deflation or inflation? Well, you would think deflation would be better because everything gets cheaper. No, deflation happens in depression when asset prices go down. Do you want to lose $150,000, $200,000 on the value of your home? Well, that's deflation. But gasoline prices will be lower. You want your 401k to be down 50%? That's deflation. But at least your groceries will be a little cheaper. Let's look at uh, the rest of the financial markets for the week. Um, we're still seeing um, declining energy prices. 
at least here in the United States. Uh, oil's 87 and change uh, a barrel. Just, you know, it was 125 at the high. So, I mean, we're seeing demand destruction as people are using less and less gasoline. They're not driving as much because it's too expensive. So if you have less demand, economics 101, demand supply goes down. I was driving in today. Uh, I passed my local Wawa on the way to the parkway. Three eighty-seven a gallon of gas, which compared to five dollars and change sounds really good. Uh, but compared to two dollars, where it was uh, when Biden came in, it's still double. Um, the ten-year Treasury note, the Treasury bond, uh, hit three twenty on Friday. Uh, I think last few weeks, I was telling you, it was down to like 267. Interest rates are on the rise again in the bond market. I think the high last week was 327 on a 10-year yield. And that affects mortgage rates. Anytime you see interest rates going up in a 10-year bond market, that means mortgage rates are going up as well. So a 30-year mortgage this week uh, nationwide is averaging 5.66%. Not long ago, it was under 3. And that's having an extremely, extremely negative effect on the housing market. Mortgage applications are down 65% from last year. 65%. Because people aren't buying homes. Homeowners uh, that are selling their homes now uh, are lowering the price. All the people the last couple of years who paid over asking price for their homes are looking at uh, the value of their homes now and saying, what did we do, honey? And many people are going to be underwater in their homes, meaning they're going to owe more on them than they're worth. And you know what happens when that happens? People walk away. And we're going to have another mortgage crisis. Bitcoin, last I checked, uh, 19,801, uh, 19,801, broke 20,000 again. Uh, the cryptocurrencies are now in decline. Uh, and I think they're worth zero, but what do I know? People like to argue with me about cryptocurrencies, uh, especially the younger people who are really into it. But to me, it's fake money. I can't explain it to you. I, I get emails from people, look, can you explain Bitcoin to me? I can't explain it to you because I don't understand it. And I've tried to. Paul, you ever own a Bitcoin? You ever buy cryptocurrencies? Yes, I have quite a few. Do you? Yes, I do. What, so tell me, what is it? <laughs> what, uh, what, is, what is cryptocurrency? Tell me. It's a blockchain. Which is what? Which is, okay, in comparison, say, the best the best analogy I've heard is that like, say, I have a song on an MP3 that you want to hear. Now, if I send that to you, I have a copy, you have a copy. But through blockchain, there's only one. So if I have a song that's in a blockchain, I can only send that whole thing to you, and now I don't have a copy. Oh, that's a that's a great expl- explanation. It's probably the best explanation anybody's explained to me about the blockchain. So, have you made a lot of money with cryptocurrencies? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> you bought it the wrong time. Yeah, I've had it for a couple of years and it's tanked. Yeah. yeah well, uh, a lot of people were late to the party uh, with cryptocurrencies. You know, I mean, Bitcoin hit sixty five thousand 
right? And now it's 19000 and change. So how would you like to be the guy who paid 65000 for it? Uh, meanwhile, gold and silver can't get out of its way, which is real money, uh, uh, not crypto uh, digital money. Oh, by the way, after the break, we're going to talk about how quickly they're moving towards this digital Federal Reserve currency and what it means for you, which is it's not good. Uh, but uh, anyway, but uh, yeah, a lot of people, um, especially young people, young people were really into this digital currency thing. And for a long time, a lot of people made a lot of money. I, I know people made millions. But you don't make it until you sell it, as they say. And uh, now it's coming back. And some people, you know, that made so much money didn't sell any of it because, you know, there were so many stories, oh, it's going to 200000 the Bitcoin. And nobody wanted to sell it. Uh, now people are looking at each other and saying, what do we do? And I think once the digital currencies come out from the central banks, they're going to do everything they can to destroy the competition uh, and make their currency the only one that you can get. So that's where that's going. Anyway, time for a break. 732-237-9626 is the call number here at The Financial Physician. My name is Lou Skatigna. Don't go away. Are you currently retired or planning to retire in the next five years? Hey, Lou Skatigna here, certified financial planner, personal finance author, president of AFM Investments, and host of The Financial Position. Why not join me for a comprehensive financial review at my downtown Tom's River office? Banks are paying virtually nothing, and the stock market has become a risky casino. But there are ways to achieve reasonable returns without taking on big risks. Let me show you how. During our meeting, I will determine your net worth, find ways to maximize your income, and minimize your taxes. I'll review your estate plan and discuss strategies to protect your estate from nursing home costs. Managing your finances is more complicated than ever, but you don't have to go it alone. So make your no-obligation appointment today by calling 732-905-8100. That's 732-905-8100. Securities transactions through Lee Baldwin & Company member FINRA and SIPC. Registered advisory services through Fortitude Advisory Group. Do you have a home to sell? Do you need to buy a home? Or maybe you would like to consider a career in real estate? Well, you need to contact my brother, Mark Skatigna. He's the broker manager manager of Coldwell Banker Flanagan Realty on Route 70 in Manchester. Mark has helped so many of my clients with either the sale of their home or to purchase a new home. All of them could not have been happier with his help. What about an exciting new career in real estate? Maybe you're finding you have more time on your hands than you would like to after retiring from your full-time job and are also looking to make some extra income. With flexible hours to still enjoy your free time and income that could be limitless, Mark could train you to be as successful as you would like to be and enjoy a rewarding career in real estate. For help with any of your real estate needs, as well as any information on a career in real estate, call my brother Mark Skatigna at Coldwell Banker Flanagan Realty. His number is 732-657-6200. That's 732-657-6200. Mark Skatigna, Coldwell Banker Flanagan Realty. Give him a call. You'll be happy you did. Americans have a deep respect for our military and a deep desire to show them the gratitude that they deserve. When those serving so far away receive a small gift box of personal care items and greetings, they know America is behind them. Always Supporting Our Military is a new nonprofit of retired volunteers that meets weekly to send packages to our troops overseas. They need your help to raise money for postage and for items. Each box of toiletries, snacks, and food takes about $18 to send, and they rely totally 
individually on donations. Will you help? They greatly appreciate any donations to the cost of postage or supplies like small bottles of shampoo, lotion, mints, and more. Please visit Always Supporting Our Military on Facebook, email PASRMilitary at yahoo.com or call 908-278-9561. That's 908-278-9561. Every little bit helps. Call the financial physician now at 732-237-9626. Here's Luz Katigna. All right. Welcome back to this thing of ours we call the financial physician. We get together every Sunday live here at 92.7 WOBM to talk money, markets, politics, and anything that affects your life. We love your phone calls, 237-9626, Got a personal finance question or comment on anything we talk about um, here? We welcome your participation uh, in the program. If you're just tuning in, you missed the first uh, half hour of the program. The show is always available right after it's over at the website, thefinancialphysician.com. Thefinancialphysician.com. Uh, Paul will put it up there by, by 810. A nine ten now because that's when the show ends. Uh, it'll be there, so just go to the to the website, link over to the podcast, and you can listen to the number one financial podcast at Podomatic, which is the Financial uh, Physician. We have older shows there too. If you have any interest in that, uh, that's thefinancialphysician.com. Love your emails, uh, Lou at thefinancialphysician.com. So if you have an personal finance question, something I could help you with, I love the emails where somebody is concerned about something in their life and I could put point them in the right direction. Uh, real important to me to be able to help people. So you got an issue that you uh, want to pick my brain about, I'd be more than happy to uh, respond. And I respond to each and every email. Um, even if you're just saying hello, I'll, I'll respond. And if I don't, it's just because I didn't see it because we are so gummed up with junk emails. It's just, just amazing. You know, we... We went from um, junk mail, you know, before email. You remember your, your mailbox would be full of all kinds of garbage. Uh, and now because of online bill paying and online billing and all that, in the regular mail, all we do is get is junk mail. I don't get anything in the mail that's worth even going to the mailbox for. Uh, everything in there is just advertisements or something. Uh, because everything is now electronic, I guess. Uh, but all that junk mail now is coming to us through our emails. Think about it. It doesn't cost them anything now to email a million people uh, some kind of advertisement versus printing out postcards and paying the postage and all that stuff. So we all get these crazy volumes of garbage emails, and you know you you can mark them as junk and all this other stuff, and it kind of moderates it a little bit. But I I don't know. I haven't been able to master um, the email to keep it where I'm only getting things that are important. But anyway, if I miss your email, send it again, and I'll be more than happy to to respond to that. So I was talking about <clears throat> digital currencies coming our way, and uh, uh, they're coming fast, Did you, the, the central bank digital currencies. And you better prepare for them because this is going to be the big victory of government over cash and over your privacy. That's what this is all about. Now, this is not, don't get this confused with cryptocurrency because digital currency is not cryptocurrency. They're just 
current currency like dollars or euros or whatever just in digital form you know you just don't have a paper bill in your hand you know they're not physical at all and central banks can control them now but it's not cryptocurrency because cryptocurrency are is different in a lot of different ways number one cryptocurrencies operate on a blockchain like paul was explaining which is a digital ledger, you know. Uh, it's a way of keeping track of every transaction involving a particular cryptocurrency like Bitcoin. Central bank digital currency does not have a blockchain. It could be, I guess, but it probably won't be. So it's digital, it's encrypted, but it's not blockchain, it's not a cryptocurrency. Another thing about cryptocurrency is they're not issued by a central authority like a central bank. They're created mathematically, and I don't want to get into it, but it's very complicated. But a central bank digital currency is issued by a central authority, which is, in this case, the Federal Reserve. Or the European Central Bank, if you're in Europe, or the People's Bank of China, if you live in China. And why, why would they want to do that? It's because they want to control you. They want to take away your privacy. They want to see where you're spending money. And the Biden administration is fast-tracking this. And we're moving into the implement, uh, implementation phase of this. The Federal Reserve is working with MIT to work out the technological kinks. Which shouldn't take very long. Now, what are the advantages of this? There are some advantages to it. The speed of a transaction, uh, the cost of the transaction. You know, you use a credit card, there's a lot of cost involved. To the merchant, to you, it's got to be cleared. You know, the, the credit card company's making money. Well, if you're using digital cash, that's not a problem. You're not going to have any of that. So there is some money savings to businesses and to people who are using digital currency. Um, So that's the only really convenient, positive thing about it. But the real reason they're pushing this is, is, is not because of that. There's a lot of hidden agendas here. The first one is to eliminate cash. You could buy something with cash and nobody knows about it. But if you use digital currency, the government's going to know or the central bank exactly what you bought, where you bought it, when you bought it, and everything else about that transaction. And that takes away your privacy because you can't do a transaction without anybody knowing about it. Cash is not traceable. If you spend it, they don't know you spent it or how you spent it or or anything else. They can't put you under surveillance with cash. Another thing about digital currency is that the government could put you into negative interest rates. So instead of earning interest on your money in the bank, you'd be charged to keep it there. And cash stays in in the way of negative interest rates. They can't confiscate your money if it's sitting in the safe. 
Now, of course, it's not going to earn any interest, but they can't take it away from you with negative interest rates. So if you bury 100000 cash in your backyard, you come back a year later, you still have the 100000 The government can't take it away. But if you have your money in digital form, in the banking system, the banks can impose negative interest rates to fund deficits. And just take a little piece of your money. Isn't that a tax? Yeah, they could do that. They could freeze your account. They could seize your assets. They could put an expiration date on your money. That if you don't spend it by this date, it disappears. If you don't spend it on this service or this industry or this product, it disappears. So they could direct spending to different projects and and pet causes and everything else. How's that for a stimulus program? Right? If everybody doesn't spend this thousand dollars in your bank account in the next three months, it disappears. Everybody's gonna run out and spend it, right? And boost the economy. See what they could do to you? Uh, they could label you a domestic terrorist, right? Because you went to a school board meeting and opposed critical race theory. And they could say you're a terrorist, so we better take their money away before they do something terroristic with it. What if you make a political contribution to a candidate that the administration doesn't like? Now you could be really in trouble, especially with what Biden said this week. What if you bought a pro-Trump book? You gave money to a pro-Trump political candidate. You're on a list now. And they know this because of the payment system. They can see that you you did this. So somebody shows up at your door. Biden said this week that Trump supporters, 75 million of you out there, are a threat to democracy. Did you hear that this week? That's what he said. Well, what do you do to a threat to democracy? You eliminate it. Again, I don't want to get into it too much. That's the second hour because you're going to want to listen to the second hour. I mean, this is outrageous what's going on. Back to digital currencies. If they fear you're a threat of any way, and, and who's ar- you know who's going to arbitrarily make this decision, all of a sudden you go on your digital currency account and it's gone. You see how they can control you? That's why they want 87,000 IRS agents. Many of them armed. Maybe your name will pop up on one of their lists because of a digital transaction that you did, and they'll audit you. And again, what's to prevent them from um, freezing your account? You can't get anything. You can't do a transaction on anything. You starve to death. And that's where this is going. It's all about control. It's all about controlling you and monitoring you and suppressing you. 
All right, Americans are going uh, deeper into debt as inflation pushes car prices and car loans to record highs. Uh, Americans are, are taking bigger and bigger and bigger car loans as prices are going up. And this is according to Experian, uh, the credit uh, reporting agency. The average loan for a new vehicle rose 13.21% year over year to 40290 I can't imagine having a $40,000 car loan. I couldn't imagine it. Now, I'm 62 years old. Uh, I've been around a little bit. My parents bought their their second house in 1980 for $43,000. And this is going to be the average new car loan? Oh, we've had no inflation, right, over that time frame. The average monthly payment rose from $582, which is outrageously high as it is, to 667, 14.6% increase. And by the way, interest rates are going higher, so it's going to be even worse. For used cars, um, the average loans jumped almost 19% to 28534 And the average monthly payment for a used car rose from 440 to 515 You know, I've mentioned so many times over the years on this program... Uh, the reason why Americans have little or no savings or no net worth is cars and homes. That's it. Very, very simple. Because in most families, husband and wife both have a car payment. If the average car payment is five or six hundred dollars and you have two people paying it, you're paying twelve hundred a month to drive. Not to mention the gas and the insurance and everything else that goes with it. No wonder why you can't save money in your IRA. How car manufacturers and dealers are still in business with these crazy numbers, I I don't even know. And when I sit down with uh, new clients, you know, they're... They want to start retirement planning or whatever. They want to start saving money. Lou, I'm getting older. I didn't put anything away and blah, blah, blah. Uh, We make good money, but we can't save. And uh, I asked them, I say, hey, tell me about your budget. You know, do you owe any money on cars? Oh, yeah, we have two car payments. Then I find out their mortgage is 3000 You know, they got to earn 100000 before taxes just to pay for their cars and their house. Not to mention everything else that goes in living. And now we have the inflation that's going on now, and uh, repossessions are going up. People are walking away from their cars. And more people now are shifting back to used vehicles because they can't afford the new cars. Uh, 62% of all vehicle financing during the second quarter of 2022 is for used cars now. Um, that's up from uh, 58.48% a year ago. And they continue to go up. If you have a car, you got to keep it and run it into the ground. Do not, do not walk away from a car that runs, especially if you have no payments on it, to go get a new car. This is not the time to be buying a new car.
All right, 732-237-9626 is our call number. Let's go to Al in Wyoming. Al, how are you today? I'm doing fair. How about yourself? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Enjoying the three-day Labor Day weekend. Good, good. I've got a question for you on, um, through the years, I've bought different types of uh, equipment primarily. And in 40 years, I've bought a, a tractor. We'll just use that for one of the examples. Bought a tractor 40 years ago, $500. The tractor now is probably worth $7,000. The value hadn't changed. The dollar value has. Is that taxable, that difference? Wait, say that again. I, 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 I got off track. You, you, you Say that again. I bought, you buy a piece of equipment, just right. anything. You buy anything 40 years ago right. for $500. Right. And now then, you, if you turn around and you sell it for six or $7,000, the true value hadn't changed, but the uh, you know, but the dollar amount has. Is that taxable? Well, theoretically, yes. Theoretically, anything that's a capital gain should be taxable. Well, are you going to are you going to claim it on you? You're not going to claim it on your tax return, though. No, nobody is. But say you had digital currency, and the central bank knows that you uh, 10 years ago spent $500 on that and now you sold it for 7000 there's now a record of that transaction and the capital gain right so uh, that's another issue where digital currencies can encroach on your um, freedom and your privacy uh, and your taxes so uh, but look look if you buy anything and sell it for more money the IRS will say it's a capital gain, and you should quantify it on your tax return. Do you think people that go to um, a coin dealer and buy uh, a one-ounce gold American Eagle for $1,000 10 years ago uh, and now sell it for 1800 are going to claim that $800 capital gain on their tax return? No, because there's no record of it. That's where your financial privacy comes in. And that's why a lot of people now are moving money. We talked about digital currencies and how do you, how do you protect yourself against that surveillance is by having money out of the system. Uh, and that's where precious metals can come in, silver and gold, and you can have uh, that money that nobody knows about. And that's the thing about uh, precious metals. It's, it's, it's private. You have private wealth that nobody knows about especially if you do it the right way. I mean, there's, there's ways that they would know about it. But um, uh, so, yeah, uh, uh, theoretically, the answer, Al, is yes, you have a capital gain. In reality, does anybody ever report that as a capital gain? No. But now you can have 87,000 uh, IRS agents. Think about that. That's nine battalions <laughs> of a new IRS agents, some of them armed, uh, that can come after you and say, where did this money come from? I don't know. Uh, but no, Al, nobody nobody claims that. Well, I do. Uh, I'm sorry to say, I guess. But the question is, is there is the upkeep on that part of uh, that equipment and stuff, uh, you know, re- buy, buy old stuff, and then I build it up, fix it up, and, you know, then the value goes up in it because is that deductible, the stuff that the amount of money that I put into it for engines or things? A- that abs- absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's just like a home. Uh, forget the exclusions for capital gains and all that. But, you know, in a home, it's the cost basis is what you paid for it plus the improvements you put into it. 
And then minus the sell price, you get the capital gain. So, yes, the answer is if you buy any uh, hard asset and you put money into it over the years, that increases your cost basis and lowers your capital gain. Again, though, I don't know anybody but you, Al, who would take a tractor and claim it as a capital gain uh, because they sold it for more money later on. Uh, people just don't do that. Uh, you are a um, 100% uh, IRS. Uh, they love you. <laughs> they love people like you, but you're, you're, you're an exception to the rule. Okay. Well, I'm not trying to be exception to anything. I'm just trying to make sure I don't get myself into any hot water. I want to know if I'm going to violate the law, I want to know it. I yeah. won't be caught, you know, but I, you know, there's really, uh, you know, we're talking about nowadays, we're talking about minuscule amounts of money mm. when you, even seven grand, you know, is, uh, over 20 or 40 years is no money to speak of over mm. that period of time. Right. And if you look at the real value of money, right, you know, with inflation and everything else and the depreciation of the dollar, you didn't really gain anything. All right. Uh, no. And that and that's a problem with these kind of capital gains. A lot of it is just due to inflation. And, you know, you really haven't had any real value or wealth change. And the IRS will want to tax you on it. And uh, and, and that's unfortunate. And uh, uh, and you're absolutely right on that. All right. Top of the hour, Al. I have to run. Thanks for the call. Always um, calling us from Wyoming. We have our Al from Wyoming. I love his phone calls. All right. 732-237-9626 is our call number. My name is Lou Skatignet. Talk to you right after the news. It's time for Americans to grow up and become financially responsible. Let's talk about something important. If you're in it for the money, that's not a bad thing. Do you realize how much money he just saved us? This is The Financial Physician with Lou Scatigna. The Financial Physician. It's the fastest hour in Money Talk Radio. It's also my pleasure to see to it that decent, hardworking people in this community aren't robbed blind by a pack of money-mad pirates. This is financial advice you can take to the bank. He's your money man. Show me the money. Your source for straightforward, no-nonsense financial advice. Bring me your money questions, because I'm here to help. And now, here he is, the financial physician, America's money doctor, Lou Scatigna. All right, welcome to hour two of our two-hour program, The Financial Physician. We get together every Sunday morning, now 7 to 9 a.m., right here on 92.7 WOBM. And uh, next week is our 21st anniversary of doing the program. Uh, up until six months ago, it was on the AM side. Uh, and uh, the last six months, we moved up to the flagship 92.7 WOBM FM here uh, on the Jersey Shore, the number one station at the Jersey Shore. Uh, if you're not in our listening area, but you want to listen live, you can go to thefinancialphysician.com and hit the listen live button. Uh, no matter where you are, as long as you have an internet connection, uh, you could listen to the program live anywhere in the world. Otherwise, you just go to thefinancialphysician.com. If you're just tuning in now and you missed the first hour uh, and you want to catch up with it, just go to thefinancialphysician.com. Right after the show's over, we'll have the pod cast available to you and you could navigate to listen to the part that you missed and many of you just love to listen to the podcast because you can listen to the show you don't have to go two hours straight maybe you go to church or you're not up early or whatever uh you can listen to the show in in, in snippets uh and uh and also i appreciate it if you share the link to the show with friends 
each and every week, the number of downloads of the show goes up. And I really do appreciate that. That means you people are appreciating what we do here and think other people should listen to it as well. And that's thefinancialphysician.com. Love your emails, Lou at thefinancialphysician.com. you got a personal finance question, something you want me to talk about on this program. Um, or just want to comment on the show or say hello, appreciate your email. We'll answer each and every email. That's Lou at thefinancialphysician.com. You want to be part of our program, 732-237-9626 is our call number. Now, my wife just texted me. She likes to text me during the show and comments. And she said, Lou, I don't know if you should be uh, telling people to cheat the government on taxes on the radio. I didn't say that. I just said that most people wouldn't claim a tractor that they paid $500 for and sold it for 7000 10 years later. Most people would not put it on a tax return, and there's no record of it. That's all I said. I'm not telling anybody to cheat on their taxes. I would never say that. Of course not. Of course not. So as I mentioned when we opened the program, um, we've crossed the Rubicon politically in this country. Uh, A few weeks back when uh, Trump's house was raided, I said that was crossing the Rubicon. Uh, This week, uh, Biden doubled down against Trump and his followers, uh, which are more followers than he has. Trust me on this one. uh, And uh, gave a bizarre, angry speech reminiscent of Hitler. I couldn't believe it. Now, um, uh, I missed the speech Thursday night. I just couldn't watch it. But when I woke up the next morning, on Friday morning, I saw all these mem memes or whatever you want to call them on, on the Internet. And I thought, I thought they were memes, but they were actual sound bites and images from his speech that I couldn't believe it. Uh, the lighting. This red lighting uh, evoked in me pure dystopia, 1984. If you ever saw the movie uh, V for Vendetta, you had this wicked high chancellor, Adam Sutler. You know, it was exactly the same. He said MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. So if you're a pro-Trump patriot, you are a threat to our republic when it's just the opposite. The threat to our republic is the Marxist leftists that are trying to take over, which they actually have. But I've never seen a president come. He gave two speeches. Earlier in the week, he said that the supporters of Trump were semi-fascists. That was bad enough. And there was a lot of reaction to that. And uh, uh, you'd think they would kind of walk it back a little bit, you know, in this speech. But he, he doubled down. And basically what he was saying. Well, let me play. I mean, you've heard some of this. Maybe not all of you have. I want to play some of the speech, and then we'll we'll dissect it a little bit. Too much of what's happening in our country today is not normal. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. Now, I want to be very clear, very clear up front. 
Not every Republican, not even the majority of Republicans are MAGA Republicans. Not every Republican embraces their extreme ideology. I know, because I've been able to work with these mainstream Republicans. Yeah, called rhino Republicans. Uh, he's totally wrong there. The majority of Republicans are MAGA Republicans. Now, Trump said somebody should sit down um, insane or uh, dementia Joe and uh, very slowly uh, tell him that MAGA stands for Make America Great Again. <laughs> what is extreme and crazy about making America great again? I tell you, I was totally offended by the speech. I am a MAGA Republican. I am not a radical. I'm not a threat to democracy. It's just the opposite. And Biden's saying, oh, this, this speech was about the soul of America. Well, the left in this country are soulless. How could pro-abortion, atheists, sexual perverts talk about the soul of the nation? And they're trying to talk about MAGA Republicans as a threat to the country. The threat to the country is the leftist revolution that's going on right now by an extreme minority of people that have infiltrated every every level. Now, of course, where are all the the, um, Republican leaders coming out outraged on this? They're all mealy mouths. All right, House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy demanded that Biden should apologize for slandering tens of millions of Americans as fascists. But make no mistake about this. This was a call to arms against Republicans, Trump, and Trump followers. That's what this is. This was not for anybody else but the far left in this country declaring war. On half the other country, or more than half, I should say. This is so extremely dangerous, it's unbelievable. I couldn't believe it when I ever heard it. This government has destroyed, from day one, destroyed our energy industry, created inflation, have done everything to destroy America, our education system, the lockdowns, everything. And we're a threat to democracy? The threat to democracy is stolen elections. That you know, What is democracy? Voting, right? And having the, the majority prevail. So, so he goes out, comes out and says that, um, I refuse to have another election stolen by Republicans. Are you kidding me? I don't hear Democrats running out there saying uh, Republicans stole the election. It's just the opposite. Democracy cannot survive when one side believes there are only two outcomes to an election. Either they win or they were cheated. And that's where the MAGA Republicans are today. They don't understand what every patriotic American knows. You can't love your country only when you win. It's fundamental. American democracy only works only if we choose to respect the rule of law and the institutions that were set up in this chamber behind me. Only if we respect our legitimate political differences. 
I will not stand by and watch. I will not will the American people be overturned by wild conspiracy theories and baseless evidence-free claims of fraud. I will not stand by and watch elections in this country stolen by people who simply refuse to accept that they lost. So it's the Republicans that stole elections. Uh, the Democrats are the best at it. <laughs> they have perfected uh, voter fraud. Uh, just just amazing. Another thing, too, this speech he gave um, in Philadelphia was not a campaign speech. It was a White House event, which means that this is the opinion. This is the opinion of the executive branch of the United States government. And you saw the two Marines standing there behind him. I wonder what they were thinking being used as props for the speech when you hear what he was saying. Uh, I would love to see those two Marines come up there and just grab him and arrest him for treason at that point. Or, uh, uh, I don't know, with this red, red light. As a matter of fact, I think it was CNN. They even saw how dystopian it was looking. They changed the color of the background. Do you know that? They, they, they dialed it down so it looked a little pink because it was too red. It could have been the Soviet Union. It, it, it was just really, really sick. And, and Americans really have had a bad reaction to this. Anyway, 732-237-9626. Let's go to the phones. Let's go to Patty in Tom's River. Patty, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Lou. I'm fine. Thanks. How are you? I'm great. Uh, yes, I agree with you 100%. I'm a proud MAGA Republican. You and... are a threat to democracy in this country, and you should be eliminated. Yeah, I'm this petite little thing, and I'm a threat to this country. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, I had a follow-up question regarding digital currency. Is there any way to part- protect ourselves from this? I know you've mentioned gold and precious metals, but if you have, if you buy gold and they, they go over to this digital currency and there's no more cash, when you go to redeem or to cash in the gold, wouldn't you just get digital currency? I mean, Yes, 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 yes. I understand what you're saying. The answer is yes. Uh, uh, You can get out of the system, but how do you you would get back in the system as soon as you tried to sell it? Uh, You wouldn't be doing it for that reason. You'd be doing it to preserve some wealth outside of the system. uh, And that's it. You know, you you can't put all your money in gold and silver and say like, oh, I'm never going to sell it. You never be able to buy anything. Uh, So, yeah, you're right in that regard that, that that would be the that would be the case, because when you sell it. You know, if you get paper dollars for it, well, paper dollars are going to be worthless. Uh, so it would have to go into a bank account or a digital account at some point, which is a great point on, on your point. Uh, but uh, the bottom line is, though, uh, you're going to have – when you go to this digital system, you're going to have uh, an underground economy hmm. to barter and other things where people will be doing transactions uh, outside of the digital system. And that always happens. Whenever you you get government control of money like that, uh, there's always going to be a black market. There's always going to be an underground economy. I mean, you take an economy like Venezuela. Uh, so much of what happens there is not in the banking system. It's barter. It's all kinds of things that go on outside of it. So uh, naturally, there will be a developed um, secondary market where people will be doing transactions outside of the system. Uh, but you're right. It wouldn't be that easy to uh, to, to convert your, your, your silver or gold into money without it being put back into the system. 
Uh, but you can take a, a one-ounce silver coin and maybe buy $100 worth of something with somebody else by giving them that coin. And it's almost like cryptocurrency, I guess, in that regard, is that you know one person has it, the other one doesn't, and nobody knows about it. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a good point that you make uh, regarding uh, you know how do you get back the money when you put it into the gold and silver. But at least for the time being that you have that precious metal, you are not in the system, and you could you could still tran- you know transfer it other places. You could still travel with it. You can make side side transactions with people. I'll give you some of my silver. You give me this, which would probably be illegal as far as the government is concerned. But you know, if there's a black market. But do you really think the people in this country will stand for this? You know, people have a lot of money in their four hundred one ks and cash and. And the thought of going to this digital currency, uh, I don't know. Well, uh, think I, about it. Think about it. We're already pretty much there, right? Uh, most people, every transaction they do is not private, right? You know, you have an ATM card. You use it. Uh, the bank knows everything you've used it on. Uh, any credit card you use, everybody knows what you used it on. So, you know, if the FBI is, is investigating you, even before digital currencies, there's enough of a record of how you spend your money, uh, unless you're a drug dealer or a criminal who only deals in cash uh, and, and, and things like that, uh, uh, where it's not in the system. So we're pretty much 90% there now, all right? What they want to do is go 100% where people – there's a lot of people that use cash, okay, Uh they have cash businesses. Are, are they avoiding taxes? Probably. Uh, are they doing something uh, illegal where they don't want to have any record of it? Probably. But there's a big cash transaction economy out there. Uh, another thing, too, by, by making cash illegal, you're going to flush out a lot of cash that's sitting in safes, uh, in shoeboxes under people's beds, uh, illegal money. Uh, and so forth. So when the government says, look, we're going to digital currencies, and this may happen by January 1st, by the way. I mean, they're trying to move it as quickly as possible. Then they'll say by June 1st, uh, all cash transactions will be invalid and cannot be accepted by merchants or anybody else. Uh, Banks will not accept any deposits of cash. And all of a sudden, you're going to see people uh, taking that cash out of their safe and depositing it in their digital checking account because it'll be worthless. After a certain amount of time. So they do two things. They're able to watch every, surveil every transaction you do and shut off certain things. What if all of a sudden they say, okay, you know, too many people are, are, are uh, pressuring the medical system because of lung cancer. So now your digital card will not work for the purchase of cigarettes. Or how about alcohol? Right? Or how about a, 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 a contribution uh, to a conservative organization. They could shut it off. Just like Twitter just shuts everybody off, right? You know, that's conservative. I have been banned from YouTube for life. Good. Because uh, I said on a show a year and a half ago in January of 2020, doubting the results of the presidential election. I'm banned for life. I have 200 followers. I'm not a big influencer on YouTube. Right. But I'm gone. And every video that I had there, including personal videos, vacation videos, videos of this program, TV appearances that I've done uh, are all gone and unrecoverable. 
I can't even go on YouTube and see my own subscriptions of the people I follow to watch their videos. I can't even get on. I tried to open up a new account, but because they saw it was my same phone number, even with a new account and email, I can't get in. So, I mean, it's amazing the censorship and the things that they can do. But how about just shutting off your, your digital money account? You can't get gasoline for your car. You can't go to the food store and buy groceries. You see what kind of power that they, they put over you when they could shut you off when a central bank uh, or government uh, can control your, your, your purchasing power? It's unbelievable. And what about, you know, they could say, all right, we're going to give you a stimulus. Everybody gets $1,000 in their digital ch- account, but you have to spend it on this, that, or that uh, within two months. Otherwise, it disappears and expires. I mean, see how much control they could have over you? It's just, it's very dystopian and it's very, very, very scary stuff. And I think the average person doesn't understand it because we've been slowly brought into it through um, ATM cards and that kind of stuff. And, you know, we've been credit cards. We, we've been... We've gone away from cash a long, long time ago. And look, every transaction you do in a brokerage account or at a bank or whatever, it's all there. Uh, Any investigator uh, can go into that and and find out everything about you. They just want to close that little 10 percent. Uh, where you can use cash to do some things with them. Uh, and uh, and uh, it's going to happen. It's happening not here, only here, but all around the world. China's already implemented it. And boy, you know, now they have social credit scores, right? You know, uh, you can't do certain things in their country if you are, your social credit score isn't right. So if you've contributed to something or bought something or, or whatever that the government doesn't like, uh, all of a sudden they're going to control your access to, to things. Uh, this is really scary stuff. We are we are really careening towards. I mean, and if you haven't read the book 1984 or saw the movie, you got to do it because it's here. It is happening right now. Yes, it's it's very frightening, and I'm one of those few people that uh, transact mostly in cash. I don't use credit cards or anything, so it will affect me greatly. But uh, I still don't see. I, I see that there would be an uprising in this country. I, I just, it's not going to be good. No, it's it's not. And uh, 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 you know, it's. You wonder if that's what they want. Um, you know, they're trying to make anybody who's pro-Trump. A hateful, violent, uh, right-wing threat to our society. When it's just the opposite. I mean, they're the ones who are Antifa and everything and burning down cities and everything else. right? They're the threat to democracy and threat to our, our way of living. And if you look at uh, Make America Great Again, what does that mean? It means that we just want America to be what America was for hundreds of years. A moralistic nation. A nation of values, a nation of patriotism, a nation that loves God, right? That's all MAGA Republicans stand for, and that's what they're against? That's a threat to democracy? No, it isn't. It's a threat to Marxism. It's a threat to totalitarianism. That's what that's about. Uh, And they're in such a minority, these people on the left. They think they're in a majority, but they're not. They're in the minority, And when the minority realizes that they're being overwhelmed by the majority, they get desperate and they start doing things like this. I mean, if you haven't seen the entirety of of Biden's speech, you got to watch it because it is frightening. 
uh, to see. He does the exact same gestures that Hitler did. There's, there's pictures on the Internet, one next to the other. Biden with his hands up, fisted closed, and Hitler. Then there's the 90-degree the one arm up with the fist, Hitler. It's the exact same thing. I've never seen anything like it. And then he has Marines on each side of him saying that the, that the military's behind this. Again, this was not a campaign speech. This was the government of the United States declaring war on the opposition. Uh, you know, he said Trump is a clear and present danger to our democracy. And this was a pure call to violence coming from a sitting president who's preaching to us in front of a blood-red backdrop. This is horrifying. It really is. I mean, it is beyond the pale. And it's something I never thought I'd ever see in this country. And we all should be scared about it. And obviously, they are, they're scared about the midterm elections. Now, look, they're going to do everything they can to cheat and steal all these elections. And let me tell you, as I said earlier, if the, if, if, if the Republicans don't take the House by 30 seats, then you know that democracy has been lost for good, that, that there is no free and fair elections in this country. It's impossible. Every midterm election, the um, party in power loses seats in Congress, every single election. Now, with the craziness that's going on now between Afghanistan, inflation, uh, the border, uh, everything that's going on, uh, the Democrats should lose 50 to 100 seats in Congress. If they don't, you know that the fraud was in. And that includes the Senate as well. I mean, you got Mitch McConnell out there coming out and saying, oh, well, it doesn't look really the good that we could take the Senate. Who goes out there and says that? I mean... Pelosi, who knows she's going to lose the House, or maybe she knows they're not, uh, uh, won't say that. But you've got this mealy mouth, supposedly Republican rhino, uh, Mitch McConnell, just saying, well, it doesn't look too good for the Senate. You know, maybe the House. It's unbelievable what's going on here. Um, but anyway, you're right with the, the cryptocurrency, with the digital currency thing and gold and so forth. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you're going to, uh, you better spend your cash while you can, because it looks like it's not going to be that long before, uh, cash is going to be, uh, verboten as they say. Well, uh, thank you very much, Lou. Thanks for always telling the truth and, uh, hope you have a good weekend. God right, bless. Bar- Barbara, thanks. Thanks for the call. You're welcome. All right. Let's take a break. 732-237-9626 is the call number if you want to be part of our program. My name is Lou Skategna. You're listening to The Financial Physician. Don't go away. Are you currently retired or planning to retire in the next five years? Hey, Lou Skategna here, certified financial planner, personal finance author, president of AFM Investments, and host of The Financial Physician. Why not join me for a comprehensive financial review at my downtown Tom's River office? Banks are paying virtually nothing, and the stock market has become a risky casino. But there are ways to achieve reasonable returns without taking on big risks. Let me show you how. During our meeting, I will determine your net worth, find ways to maximize your income, and minimize your taxes. I'll review your estate plan and discuss strategies to protect your estate from nursing home costs. Managing your finances is more complicated than ever, but you don't have to go it alone. So make your no-obligation appointment today by calling 732-905-8100. That's 732-905-8100. Securities transactions through Lee Baldwin & Company member FINRA and SIPC. Registered advisory services through Fortitude Advisory Group. Do you have a home to sell? Do you need to buy a home? Or maybe you would like to consider a career in real estate? Well, you need to contact my brother, Mark Skatigna. He's the broker manager 
manager of Coldwell Banker Flanagan Realty on Route 70 in Manchester. Mark has helped so many of my clients with either the sale of their home or to purchase a new home. All of them could not have been happier with his help. What about an exciting new career in real estate? Maybe you're finding you have more time on your hands than you would like to after retiring from your full-time job and are also looking to make some extra income. With flexible hours to still enjoy your free time and income that could be limitless, Mark could train you to be as successful as you would like to be and enjoy a rewarding career in real estate. For help with any of your real estate needs, as well as any information on a career in real estate, call my brother Mark Skatigna at Coldwell Banker Flanagan Realty. His number is 732-657-6200. That's 732-657-6200. Mark Skatigna, Coldwell Banker Flanagan Realty. Give him a call. You'll be happy you did. Americans have a deep respect for our military and a deep desire to show them the gratitude that they deserve. When those serving so far away receive a small gift box of personal care items and greetings, they know America is behind them. Always Supporting Our Military is a new nonprofit of retired volunteers that meets weekly to send packages to our troops overseas. They need your help to raise money for postage and for items. Each box of toiletries, snacks, and food takes about $18 to send, and they rely totally on donations. Will you help? They greatly appreciate any donations to the cost of postage or supplies like small bottles of shampoo, lotion, mints, and more. Please visit Always Supporting Our Military on Facebook. Email PASRMilitary at Yahoo.com or call 908-278-9561. That's 908-278-9561. Every little bit helps. Call the financial physician now at 732-237-9626. Here's Luz Katigna. All right. In the home stretch, the last half hour of our two-hour program, The Financial Physician, we get together every Sunday morning, nine, uh, 7 to 9, right here on 92.7 WOBM on the Jersey Shore, or anytime at thefinancialphysician.com, where the podcast goes up right after the show. So if you just... Stumbling upon our program, and you say, this sounds interesting. i like to listen to more of this program, and I, was up, I wasn't up earlier. Just go to thefinancialphysician.com. We'll have the entire two-hour program available to you uh, right after the program's over. Appreciate you sharing the link uh, to people you think can benefit by this program. Um, Why we still can do it before the, uh, uh, the forces of the government come and drag me out of here, uh, uh, because I am a threat to democracy. I'm a total threat to democracy. Um, The foundations of our country, the soul of America, is at risk because of me. Um, Anyway, the phone number here, uh, 237-732-237-9626. Let's go to Tony in Seaside Park. Tony, how are you? Good morning. Uh, As always, it's always great to talk to you. Same here. Anyway, first of all, I want to again congratulate the radio station for moving your time up. It's just great to hear you a little bit later as time goes on, hopefully they'll bring you up to the eight to ten hour, nine to. <laughs> oh, one hour at a time. <laughs> yeah, we got before we fall. <laughs> now, my question to you is, and exactly what you just said about you on the radio and Tucker Carlson. What do you think is going on with CNN and Seltzer and now John Hogwarts? What do you think is happening to CNN? Are they melting? Liberalism and left wing ideology does not sell. All right. Let, let's let's be honest about this. I mean, people don't want to watch this. Look, you have your rabid left wing liberals that are out there, uh, um, but they're a, they're a minority, right? There's a reason why Fox has ratings that are five, ten times all these other stations because there's an audience for that. 
people are patriots in this America. You know, you, if you're a patriot, you're considered an insurgent uh, to the left in this country. Right. They believe they're right on everything. They believe that they're social warriors and everything else that you're wrong and you are to be destroyed, according to them. But they're a minority. That's why CNN has lost 80 percent of their viewers. Nobody wants to listen to it or MSNBC. Right. They don't want to listen to it. They don't have enough people that agree with them. So, yeah. So now uh, CNN is finally making a business decision as opposed to an ideological decision uh, and is saying, wait a second, aren't we in the business to make money? (laughs) Um, uh, Who owns them now? Time Warner or whatever? I don't know. But, you know, sooner or later you start saying, all right, we're losing uh, hundreds of millions of dollars here on your station. Uh, Maybe we should change our format and become more news oriented as opposed to opinion oriented. I mean, you go on CNN and MSNBC. You can't get more far left than that. I mean, it's just, that's not news. CNN used to be the trusted source of news when they first started. I used to listen to CNN all the time, right? Back in the Ted Turner years, they they, they reported news. Yeah, they had a liberal slant on it. I mean, look, the news has always had a liberal slant on it, but it it became something else. It, it, It became fake news. I mean, you know, Trump coined that term, fake news. He is absolutely right. They make things yeah. up. They lie. They, they, it, 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 it's not. It's propaganda, right? And people don't want to be propagandized to, and uh, that's the reason. And they're going to clean house at the cleaning house at CNN. Uh, next will be MSNBC, because it doesn't sell. And um, at the end of the day, it comes down to dollars and cents. Uh, so uh, you know uh, that there's a reason why, like I said, and even Fox isn't 100 percent on the right side of things. But but uh, there's a reason why they have the numbers that they do because more people want to hear that stuff than want to hear the left wing uh, Marxist uh, propaganda that they 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 uh, pronounce there. Yeah, and that reminds me of uh, Jim Jones and people drinking the Kool Aid. You just assumed everybody was going to drink this and. Listen to this and eat it up, and, and I think they're, start, they're insulting people's intelligence, and I think people are getting smarter and starting to realize and decipher what is true and what isn't. Look, I mean, things are, are, are getting so, so out there that, like I said before, the speech this week with Biden in the red background and the Marines in front of him and calling it half the country um, a threat to democracy. I mean, that's you want to talk about over the top, crossing the line. I mean, people have had it, you know, and, you know, we Americans are pretty docile for the most part. You know, we could take a lot of crap and uh, most people go to work every day and try to bring up their family and go to church and do things are not activists. You know, they don't take to the streets. The activists are the Marxists, the far leftists and everything that don't work for a living, uh, getting handouts all the time. They're the ones who burn down cities and so forth. Right. Uh, We're not that way until pushed. You can only push people so far. I mean, and you just got to understand, too, that, you know, Americans are armed. And that makes us different than Germany or any other country, Australia and everybody else, right? Every month, a million guns are being sold in this country. A million, all right? Because people realize that, and, and why do we have the Second Amendment? To protect yourself against tyranny of the government. That is what the Second Amendment says. It's not to protect yourself against your neighbor robbing your house. The whole reason for the Second Amendment was so the citizenry of the country could not be taken over by a tyrannical government. 
And that's the reason why people are arming themselves, okay? They're not arming themselves now because they're worried about crime. Well, some people are. They're arming themselves now because they're worried about the government coming and taking their stuff. And, uh, and forcing us into communism, totalitarianism, uh, uh, concentration camps for the enemy. I mean, this is the way uh, Germany went, the way China went with Mao Zedong and so forth and so on. They are trying to do the same thing, and the American people will not allow it. All right? It's that simple. We are not docile when it comes to taking away our freedoms. Uh, our patriotism, uh, the history of our country, um, which they are hell bent on doing, but I think they've they, they've 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 pushed everybody too far. The 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 raid on Trump, uh, these speeches this week, uh, God forbid they arrest or indict Trump. I mean, this country's going down the the path of civil war, and I uh, the, make no mistake about it. This speech was a call to arms for the left against everybody else. They know they're going to get tranced in the election. They know that they're starting to lose their power. They know Biden has an approval rating of 12%. Forget what they tell you on, on polls. They, they, right. they know all this. So they're losing this. And just you got to realize, too, there was a plan here that, that Hillary was going to just continue what Obama did and put the final nail in the coffin of America. And then Trump got elected and it screwed it all up. Then they had to destroy Trump and they tried... Every which way, two impeachments, the Russia hoax, the whole thing, it just never ended. It still doesn't end. Now they raid his house. Now they're going after his supporters as threats to the country and democracy. I mean, they're losing it. They're desperate. And uh, uh, and desperate uh, people do desperate things. And uh, uh, now they're really pushing it to the edge here. And uh, the response to this speech uh, uh, is just – and the raid on Trump – even on both sides of the aisle, I mean, even, you know, mainstream Democrats and certainly tons of independents just can't believe that this is really happening. And it's really backfiring in a big way on these people. And I think it will continue to do so. Tony, always a good call. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Thank, thank you again. Luke. All, right. Well. All right. It really is significant. Be, I mean, I can't. I can't stress enough what this means. Now, after the speech, Tucker Carlson, who has the number one cable show on TV came on and I want you to hear what he had to say about it because he's reiterating pretty much what I've said here. But uh, uh, he he called it out for really what it was. The single gravest threat to America today is Republican voters, all 75 million of them. They are Nazis and destroyers of democracy. They must be stopped. That is the message of Joe Biden's speech. Just moments ago, you referred to MAGA forces who are apparently marshalling at Red Lobster near you, ready to take over this country. Now, to underscore how deeply Joe Biden means all of this, tonight's address in Philadelphia is not being categorized as a campaign event ahead of the midterm elections, which is what it looks like. No. It said this speech has the full sponsorship of the White House. In other words, what Joe Biden is saying right now is the official position of the entire executive branch of the U.S. government. That would include the Justice Department, the various intel agencies, and the world's most powerful standing military. Think about that. Does it make you nervous? You don't have to be a Trump voter to see a speech like this as a turning point in American history. For hundreds of years, the U.S. has had a political system comprised of two competing parties. If you were to declare one of those parties criminal and illegitimate, what would you be left with? 
Well, you'd be left with a one-party state. And that is what Joe Biden is calling for tonight, a one-party state. It's shocking. You may have trouble believing it's even happening, and yet it is, live on television right now. So that's uh, nothing needs to be added there. I mean, he said it the way it is, uh, exactly what it is. The speech was about the soul of the nation, the soul. And if you're a patriot and just want the country to be what it was, boy, you've uh, you've attacked the soul of the nation. Meanwhile, these people are soulless. And again, I just can't. Who, 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 who staged this? I mean, who would think that a Hitler-like speech with a red backdrop with two Marines standing behind the president would go over well? It makes no sense. And that's a couple of days after he said the MAGA philosophy is like semi-fascism. And that all Americans have to unite behind a single purpose of defending our democracy, regardless of your ideology. And meanwhile, did he speak about inflation, our border? No, nothing about anything that affects Americans. It's all about anti-Trump and anti-Trump followers. And the blame lies with him. Absolutely. Never before have, well, maybe it has happened, have government institutions been hijacked to target political opponents? I, I, not in this country, really. Well, maybe the IRS with Lois Lerner. I don't know. And, and think about some of the things that have happened in the last few years. Never before has a virus been used to impose lockdowns and infringe uh, on the right of freedom of movement and the right to earn a living. Just think about what's happened in the last few years. Never before have vaccines been mandated, causing people to be fired from their jobs with the military. Never before has the U.S. government demonized its own citizens, calling them domestic terrorists because they're against critical race theory or gender, whatever. Never before has the U.S. government set up a disinformation governance board that sits in judgment of what people say. Oh, by the way, that's been totally disbanded because obviously the people push back against that. Never before has the U.S. had a president whose cognitive abilities are so impaired that he struggles to read off a teleprompter and causes people to wonder who's in charge. And this guy supposedly got 81 million votes. You know... In his speeches this week, he, he couldn't even fill a high school gymnasium. And meanwhile, last night, Trump had tens of thousands of people. But Joe Biden got 81 million votes, the most votes in history. Are you kidding me? You want to talk about the extreme voter fraud? I mean, it's just beyond unbelievable. Biden also alleged that MAGA forces. What's a MAGA force? Forces are aligned with white supremacists, violent extremists, and other undesirables. By the way, this is this, this is his uh, Hillary Clinton moment of deplorables. I'm telling you, this is backfiring big time. 
We got a crime wave in this nation like we've never seen before. We got illicit drugs coming in our country. We got hundreds of thousands of people dying from drug overdoses. Inflation at an all-time high in this country. None of that was talked about. But at least we had the Inflation Reduction Bill. Yeah, that, that, that's going to help inflation. It's unbelievable. Yeah, the military is supposed to be apolitical. Meanwhile, he has two Marines behind him. It's outrageous. Now, um, um, MSNBC, which we know is just you know, so left-wing, listen to what they say about Trump people. And talk about f- fostering violence. Listen to this. I think that's such a crucial point. His Followers, Republican, mainstream establishment Republicans are echoing these calls for violence, all but threatening it. What was your take? Well, first of all, uh, I have my uh, red LED lighting since the Republicans are so, oh, my God, upset because uh, President Joe Biden, uh, they claim, oh, he looked like uh, he was in Russia. Pastor Charles Jenkins has uh, an intro to his song War uh, where he says, when the enemy is coming at you, you can't fall down, you can't break down. This means war. That is where we are. We are at war with these people. These folks are evil. They have allowed evil into their house with Donald Trump. He has now dominated the party. This evil is spreading. And when you are in a war footing, you have to respond accordingly. It's about time President Joe Biden decided to get tough. It's about time his advisors stopped being weak and stopped being impotent and not fighting back. What these people want to do to this country is destroy democracy. They want to rig elections. And so it requires you to stand strong. You don't walk comments back. You don't wilt under the pressure. Republicans and conservatives, they are weak. All they do is whine and complain. Oh, my God. They call us semi-fascists. They have called Democrats uh, Marxists. They have called them communists. They have called them socialists. They have called them pedophiles. And all of a sudden, now you get hit and now you start whining. Well, guess what, Democrats? Guess what, Biden? Guess what, Jamie Harrison, Schumer, Pelosi, and everyone else? You keep hitting. You keep pounding. Because this is about the future of our children. I've got 13 nieces and nephews, and I'd be damned if I'm going to leave a country for them run by these crazed, deranged folks who want to import evil in every fashion. Wow. <laughs> that was on MSNBC, right? I don't even know who the guy is that said it. He's nobody. Nobody knows who he is because nobody watches that. But do you hear it? You're evil. This is war. This was a call to arms for the left. They have lo- They know they have lost it politically. And now they've gone down this dangerous route which is to basically say, we got to fight. This is war. War. Look how our country has devolved. It's just unbelievable. Uh, It is uh, so many things that have happened in this country the last few years. If I would have told you five years ago some of the things that we'd be dealing with now, you'd say that's impossible. Not in America. And here it is. We're living in very, very, very dangerous times. I'm telling you. Dangerous times for our country. 
And that's what they say. Oh, it's dangerous because Trump doesn't make any sense. All right, let's go to Pat and Point Pleasant. Pat, good morning. Good morning, Lou. Good morning. Um, quick question. I just want to double check. You said something about the crypto kicking in, like for IRAs in January. No, it, 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 there's no time frame um, for the uh, digital currency right now, but it's moving very, very quickly now. And uh, some people are commenting that as early as January, they could start implementing this. Not that it would happen overnight. It would be slowly introduced over the course of probably a year or so. Uh, uh, but the fact is, is that it was moving very slowly. Uh, but Biden administration recently uh, has uh, pushed it along more quickly uh, with the Treasury Department and everything else. So uh, it, it's moving uh, exponentially forward now, and it could just be months before they start talking about slowly implementing it. And what they have to do is they have to um, they have to condition people to accept it, that it's not a bad thing, and they're going to slowly try to do that um, until they make it mandatory, and then people realize what a bad thing it was. All right. But we're going to keep reporting it here. I mean, I'm following it very, very closely because this is pretty much a life-changing event for the country. I mean, it is. uh, When 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 the government knows every dollar you spend on everything, uh, we're in trouble at that point because it's always going to be used against the people. It's it's, it's never a good thing. The less the government knows about you, the citizens, the better uh, because uh, they know everything about the Chinese right now. You can't do a thing in China without the government knowing what you did. Any exactly. post you made on the Internet, even talking to people in who you think is private, they know everything there. And they'll come after you and you'll disappear. Uh, so uh, uh, this is what we're, we're facing here. So this is a big deal, and uh, I don't think a lot of people understand, well, what's digital currency? I mean, you know, I use an ATM card now anyway. I never carry cash around. Uh and I pretty much don't. I, I don't have a lot of cash. I use my ADM card all the time. So I'm really participating in this digital world. But I have nothing yeah, to hide. Thanks. But because, you know, I have nothing to hide. But if I'm a, if I contribute $100 to Donald Trump's campaign and they see it, uh, am I now, do I have something to hide uh, by just being myself and being an American and contributing to political causes I believe in? Uh, that's the thing. I, I have nothing to hide now. I don't do anything illegally. But when they make political contributions or political support illegal or deplorable or a threat to democracy, well, now we're going down yeah. the bad path. Also, I hope for is that uh, that the uh, Republicans don't blow it by November and that people will go out and vote and really, like, vote this time not think oh everybody else has got it covered i'll stay home no 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 i i I think we are going to have an amazing turnout this election and i just hope that like you were talking about like not a lot of republicans actually you know uh said anything about the biden speech this is the stuff that scares me if they didn't get up and say anything how are they going to be there for us in november Okay, and they they always seem to screw it up somehow. That's what I'm worried about. Uh, I just think there's too many people now that are motivated. I never voted in midterm elections, right? And I'm a political guy, but I never really did. I'm voting this midterm election. 
Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I think a lot of Republicans feel that way. They see what's happening to the country. They see the path that we're going down. Uh, that speech this week can only motivate voters more to go out and uh, Republican voters. And uh, it tells you, I think, a lot because, look, you know, forget what the, the mainstream media says about the polls tightening up and everything else. They have their own polling, the Democrats. They know what's going to happening really in the electorate right now. And they're gearing up to do as much fraud as they can to try to overcome that. But they realize this is going to be pretty difficult. So now they have the scorch earth policy. That's what Biden did this week. It was a scorch earth policy that, hey, look, we're going to lose, but we're not going to go down without fighting every step of the way, calling calling our opponents fascist and calling our, our opponents a threat to the country and the soul and the democracy and evil and all this other stuff. And sure enough, soon, a, soon after he gave that speech, I, I just played this MSNBC person, you know, that comes out and says that this is war and they got to fight the evil, the evil that is Trump and his supporters. Well, if you watched Trump's speech yesterday and you saw all those patriots, tens of thousands of them out there, Trump didn't speak anything evil. He was speaking about the, the fundamental goodness of America and the way this country has been and the way he wants to bring it back by making America great again. MAGA, MAGA forces. Um, uh, like I said, Biden can't, can't fill up a, a high school gym, but Trump, his MAGA forces, you know, they're all armed, uh, are, are in a stadium and they're going to leave the stadium and take over the country. Um, it's uh, it's maddening, but it's um, it's happening. And like I tell you, you can't take this. You got to take this seriously because it looks like you know forty percent of Americans believe we're going to be in civil war within five years. Civil war, I think. Uh, I think. Uh, maybe sooner. Yeah, yeah. Uh, On that cheery note, I'm sorry. Have a good. Right. On that cheery note, have right. a good weekend. All right, Pat. Thanks for the call. All right, so um, Russia, Gazprom, their gas company, completely halted gas uh, supplies to Europe because of an unexpected leak in their uh, their their pipeline. They were doing um, maintenance on it, and gas and electric prices have just skyrocketed in Europe. I mean, five hundred percent, and people are like, you know, how am I going to get through this? It's going to be a freezing winter in Europe this year. Natural gas prices are six times higher than they were last year. And now you're starting to see civil unrest spread through Europe. 70,000 people in the Czech Republic yesterday were out protesting. The cost of living. They can't afford to eat their house. Uh Over the past week, shocked Europeans, mostly in the United Kingdom and Ireland, have been posting viral photos of shockingly high energy bills amid the ongoing and worsening energy crisis. Several of the posts were from small business owners who are getting absolutely crushed right now and won't be able to remain operational much longer. One such owner, Geraldine Dolan, who owns uh, Poppy Fields Cafe in Athlone, Ireland, was charged 10,000 euros for just two months of energy uses. So people are showing their bills online. And saying, this is impossible. We have to close. We can't pay these bills. Oh, it's, and it's, uh, it's, it's here, too. Uh, 
22,000 households in Colorado lost the ability to control their thermostats after power companies seized control of them during the heat wave. You know, people are getting these smart thermostats now, and you get a, you get a discount on your electric if you use it. But now the energy company can shut off your thermostat, and you can't control your heat in your house. After temperatures soared past 90 degrees, residents were left confused when they tried to adjust their air conditioning and found locked controls displaying a message that there's an energy emergency. More government control. Uh, let's see if we could squeeze in our, our last caller real quick. Mike uh, from Weartown. Hi, Mike. Yeah, good morning. Yeah, thank you. Uh, just to make it real quick, Lou, my name is Mike from uh, Weartown. Uh, I'm on, I worked over 20 years. I, I worked over 20 years, and uh, I read that the cost of living Social Security uh, might be the biggest might be the biggest adjustment in uh, over four decades because of the inflation and everything. Yes, it's going to be. Uh, uh, I don't know the number yet. I'll know it next month. But it's going to be uh, close to 9%. It's going to be the biggest increase. But you know what? Prices of everything are up 18%. So uh, good luck with that. All right. Thanks for the call, Mike. Um, Boy, that went quick, those two hours. It's the fastest two hours of financial and political talk radio. Thanks so much for joining us for The Financial Physician. You just stumbled on the program. You missed a good program. Go to thefinancialphysician.com where we have the podcast. It'll be up in five minutes after the show is over. And share it with your friends. My email, lou at thefinancialphysician.com. And my office number, if you want to come in for a complimentary consultation, 732-905-8100. 732-905-8100. Have a wonderful week. Join me next Sunday for the next edition of The Financial Physician.